Hello, everyone, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. And I'm Anna Rutberg. And today's movie to kick off new releases month is Avatar, The Way of Water, a movie about a sensitive whaler, well, marine biologist who's with whalers studying the whales, played by Jermaine Clement. His doing, first, doing a strange American accent. Doing an American accent. A strange star turn for him. Really good to see a new whaling movie. It's been a long time, <laughs> you know. But Moby Dick, evergreen, really. Yeah. So Avatar, The Way of Water, The Voyage Home. Avatar, The Way of Water. Of course, I didn't like the first Avatar movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a complete waste of time. <laughs> so I didn't really want to watch the sequel, but that is the curse of doing a movie podcast. And the sequel managed to be significantly worse than the original, which was already terrible. So that's all I have to say about this movie, and that's a wrap. I actually, so I figured we were probably going to kind of not disagree on this, because I'll probably agree with you on like everything you say, but I actually really enjoyed the experience of watching this movie. Okay. Well, I, no, think that's a, that's I thought a the spectacle of it was fantastic, like genuinely. I really enjoyed watching it. There was so much to look at. Like the effects were extremely impressive, like the emotions that they were able to capture on the like the expressions of the actors that came through it was like a lot better than the first one there was yeah, you could, yeah. it was it was really pretty cool honestly how immersive that felt how like seamless it felt to, to be watching these people who aren't people but like are emoting and and doing everything like people it was really impressive i i liked the the look of the movie i think like We've said on this podcast before that like I like I'm fairly critical of like a lot of modern cinematography stuff like color grading and whatever. And this movie was like vibrant and colorful in a way that I feel like a lot of movies shy away from these days. There was no like weird like color washes over stuff. It had a nice visual sense to it that I really liked. I think James Cameron does a, a pretty nice job of shooting some of these scenes, just the setup and the the sense of scale. I don't know. I, I, I like if you're just talking about this movie from a experiential, like visual perspective, I actually had a really good time. I was immersed. Um, I guess I would say that the visual effects were, uh, yeah, obviously much better than the first one. I thought the visual effects in the first one were kind of just bad. Uh, I know a lot of people liked it, but I mean, from a CG standpoint, the first one was not good. Even by the standards of the time, it was bad. The CG in this one is up to date. The yeah, the facial capture looks good. The uh, lighting looks very good. Like at a lot of shots, they got pretty realistic lighting. Well, a lot of the water stuff, like you water just ta- you take for granted the fact that these are entirely like CG characters, and the way the water is like interacting with them is pretty cool. Well, that's what the way of water refers to. <laughs> it, it's talking about the reflection properties. That's right. The the uh, the IOR of the water and stuff. That's what that's what the movie's about. That's right. Well, and there's like cool creature designs and stuff. Like I, I feel like, like the first time you see the, um, at least for me, when they go to the water people place, and like the first time you see the like weird like flying fish things come out of the water, that was I was like, whoa! Like that was kind of a cool moment. So I guess I don't really agree with you there. I would say that the creature design in this, I didn't like the creature design in the first one, and I don't like it in this one. I don't think they're very interesting. They're kind of ugly. They're kind of non-distinct. Maybe you could say that they sort of look 
like they might be natural, but not really. They don't really look like they might be natural. And in general, like if you compared them to actual nature, it's like, does this look, you know, more or less interesting than a whale? Like less. Like their whales, the whales in this movie look way less interesting than a real whale. Real whale looks way cooler. To yeah, me. I, I didn't. I, um, I wasn't talking about the whales necessarily. The whales are just kind of like. Whatever the serpents, it's hard for me to compare to because I'm like there isn't we don't have flying. I just serpents, thought it was so, a cool but, yeah. idea. I was like this is this is like a pretty cool idea for like a thing that you would ride, like flying a winged eel, basically. Yeah, whatever. it's like yeah. a thing that can go underwater and then can like not quite fly but sort of fly above the surface. Like it was it was just a cool concept. I liked that. Like the All first right. time, I just remember vividly yeah. like when that the first time you see that. I was like, ooh, like this is cool. Like I had I had that feeling, and I did have that feeling. I think multiple times in the movie. It's just this thrilling sort of feeling okay. of like this experience. It's just the visuals. Like it's just the. I assume. I, I mean, I assume that's what people must like these yeah. movies for because like I don't know what else they would like them for. But yeah, for me, like, I mean, eh, I, I've, I've just never had that reaction to Avatar movies. I didn't have that reaction to the first one. I've had it, but but I did have it with this one. Okay. Um, I think because the the, the technology has is, yeah. finally reached the point where I think it needs to be if you're going to do a movie that's like all of your main characters are not humans. Yeah. You need to reach like a certain threshold, I think. And I think this one did. Okay. Although I do think it presents a problem. What's the problem? So I had this problem with this movie and I don't remember if I had it with the first one, but... It's been a long time yeah. as mentioned. One of the problems is like... This is the sequel to a movie that I've completely forgotten. Totally. Unless you loved the first movie by now and have like watched it since then or particularly remember it because you, you really loved it or something. I mean, most of the stuff that happens in this movie that's supposed to tie into the first movie, I can tell it's supposed to tie in. I'm like, I have no idea how that ties in. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what anyone's talking about. And that was a problem because, well, it wasn't really a problem because the plot of this movie isn't very interesting anyway. But if you wanted to really get into this movie, it's kind of an issue that this thing came out, what, 15 years later? I don't even know how long long it's been, but so long that it's like of distant memory, right? But anyway. So the thing I was going to say, I feel like I kind of had, I mean, this ties also into story stuff. Um, There was a problem I kind of had with this movie and it became really clear at the end um, when they're fighting the humans, like, on the boats. Okay. So, like, we're human. <laughs> the viewers of this movie are humans. Yes. And so there's this weird thing that happens when your main characters, like, are not humans. Yeah. And the villains, quote-unquote, are humans. Yeah. And, like, all these humans are, like, having these super violent deaths. Like, they're on the boats and they're getting yeah. flipped and they're flying through the air. And it's, like... Yeah. These are just like random people who are here. They're, they're not. Like, they're not they're even not, military. No, they're, they're just a whaling like, vessel. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, and, and so there's this thing that happens where it's like, it's kind of like, ugh. like there, there. It doesn't feel good. No. And I feel, I feel like that just kind of ties into one of the like, the worst parts of this movie. I think, which is the, and I think it's this. It was the same for the first one. It's just how heavy-handed. And like, in, like in, to an to an extent where it's like insulting, how heavy-handed yeah. the sort of like themes are, like to paint humanity as like blanket evil. Yeah, it feels pretty wrong to me. Yeah. Uh, in this kind of like way that is bother that bothers me. Like, yeah, and I don't love that. I I I don't love the lack of complexity this movie has. I don't love like 
Like one of my favorite movies is Lawrence of Arabia, which right. which has similar kind of ideas. You have you have a tri- you have tribes that are maybe a little more primitive or have ways that are different from Yeah, you know, they were they were and, not technologically advanced. In fact, yeah. it's one of the things that that was a problem for them. They kept wanting like artillery and things because yeah, they don't yeah. have this technology. Well, and then you have these you other know? people who are coming in who have like ulterior motives and all this yep. stuff. And there's like so much complexity portrayed in that movie. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I love that movie. And I think this movie really needed that. Everything about the Navi is like perfect. No, it's not. And well, idyllic. They, the movie, I disagree, saying, but let's. Th- th- I think that's also part of the yes, slide you're talking about. It's portrayed yeah. that way. It's like, yeah. you know, kumbaya with nature and yeah. everything. It's like, it feels so, it's, it feels so simple. And like, I, I don't like simple. I don't like when we try to take these like complicated moral or ethical sort of like situations in the real world. And then you just paint them as though it's like super straightforward and simple in these like allegories. It's just like, it rubs me the wrong way. Well, I guess if I had to summarize what you just said, I would say that's because Lawrence of Arabia manages to capture something true. Like when you watch it, you feel like you're watching something true, even though what you're watching is false, meaning you're watching a fiction. It's still simplified. They've still simplified a complicated situation because it's it's simplified and nobody knows what any of these people said to each other or did. So we're making it up. Well, and you're still you're using characters as larger sort of yes. symbols of like different types of people, people. and different cultures and mm-hmm. you know different ways of looking at the exactly. world but when you watch it it actually feels like it captured something true yes you're like this feels like even though this isn't what happened it feels like this is actually what happened in a way like mm-hmm. you got it something which is why it's such a remarkable film like you know sometimes you get works of fiction that when you watch them they feel like they were true yeah Avatar feels like a lie, yes, right, when yeah. you watch it. And the result of the whole thing being kind of based on a lie and you watching it is that you feel the lie, like when you're watching it, right? Mm-hmm. You feel that that inherent, uh, I'm going to call it an unwillingness to engage with what is true, a, yes. a refusal to think about what is actually true about things like this. It's a comforting comes lie. Through. It's a comforting lie. A comforting lie it's that you're lie telling that yourself. It's the lie that we yeah. we tell ourselves because it feels good. Right. And this movie, yeah, absolutely, sort of like that comes through all. <laughs> but there's all a the worse. Time. There's a worse thing about this movie. Yeah. So uh, to just to build on that, because mm-hmm. I think there's a more important thing about that very aspect to mention. And that is that this is the worst kind of a movie about a lie. Because sometimes I like to take movies on their own terms. Mm-hmm. So if there's a movie that's fundamentally based on a lie or a, a way of saying something that's very, like, that seems very wrong, if the person or people making the movie really believe that lie, the movie can still be good on its own terms. I'm some people have to in fact increasingly many people these days have to have an ideology that aligns with the movie that they're watching in order to enjoy it or something like this mm-hmm. and I don't I can watch a movie that's like very you know uh opposite something I believe but if the person who is making it really believes it and made a good movie you know Rick really like saw the world that way and this is a movie that like is their interpretation of that and it really 
it really is how they see the mm-hmm. world. I feel like I can enjoy that and can also learn something from that. It's like, oh, this is how this person sees the world. Sure. And it's like... It might provide you insight onto people you don't, you feel like you don't understand. Just like, like if I made a movie yeah. of, about my ideology, it, I mean, I don't know how to make movies, but like if I did make one right and it, I was really good at it for some reason, then someone might be like, oh, I kind of see how Casey sees these things. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, maybe exactly, that was interesting. Yeah. I think he's wrong, but it was interesting or whatever, right? And I've definitely had that experience with other films where I'm like, okay, this is a fairly like ideological film, but it like really seems to portray this thing the way the person sees it. And I enjoyed that. I like, I I liked watching it and it's not how I would view things, but that doesn't matter because that's not why I go to the movie. I don't go to the movies to be agreed with. Right. Exactly. I think that's a good thing. I think you should go watch movies you disagree with. If they're good, because that helps broaden your perspective, right? And mm-hmm. get, you kind of get more empathy out of it that way or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the problem I have with this film is actually not that it's based on a lie. Because, you, know, you know, me disagreeing with James Cameron on the way he views the world would not be a problem ordinarily for me. The problem with this movie is this is obviously not the way James... It's, it's James Cameron is lying to himself. Uh-huh. And you <laughs> see this in every aspect of this film. He refuses to acknowledge the fact that he himself doesn't believe this movie. Right down to the fact that this is a movie that is 100% about technology is bad. That is the only thing you can really get out of this movie is that, like, technological advancement should be issued, well, basically. I, yeah, I mean, I would say the bigger thing is probably, like, colonization or something is bad but yeah technology is a problem. not really because there's like in this movie especially the colonization aspect is actually gone it's mentioned that that's why they're there but the only actual content in the movie is whaling is bad mostly yeah the movie becomes a whaling movie it doesn't kind of start that way but that's what it is right and (laughs) why is whaling bad whaling is bad because they're using technology to kill fish or whatever these creatures are. I guess they'd be mammals. They're, yeah, they're not fish. If they're whales. They're whales. I don't, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Ta- what are they called? Talcoon or something? Whatever they are. Yeah. To extract this stuff for anti-aging, right? It's like a chemical. It's like actually chemical mining is to produce like technology. Using technology to produce technology for people who have technology versus, you know, people who don't have any technology who don't want to have any technology. And in fact, like seem steadfastly uninterested in actually developing any of their own. They literally don't have scientists in Mm -hmm. this culture. Like, they literally don't. The only people they have who do any science are humans who they, like, got from the previous invasion. Yeah. And the the Navi don't even want to learn. They're like, we're not going to learn that. We don't, like, we didn't start a school to teach people that, right? So they're 100% anti-tech. This is a movie built entirely on the most modern technology we have, using giant render farms and giant rooms full of artists sitting at the most advanced technological workstations we have, (laughs) burning coal to power them that is destroying the earth, right? That is how he made this movie. If you actually believed that technology was bad, you would have made Shakespeare in the Park you would have got actors and put on something outdoors where people came and watched with no technology, right? You don't believe it. 
you yourself understand that technology is very beneficial to you and you embrace it. And not only did you embrace it, you went all the way to the front of the class. You didn't just use some color grading software. This isn't like James Cameron installs DaVinci Resolve. Okay, a yeah, slight regression in my anti-tech stance. Like, no, like you are the most far on this curve for no reason. Yeah, I mean, he's literally right? trying to push the technology forward and do yes. things with the technology that no one has done before. And then in the movie, there's all this amazing technology. He obviously spent so much time and was so excited about these little crab walking things and the submarines and the giant whaling I mean, ships. He got to put in like this movie is definitely like a James Cameron vanity project kind of like he but he got to put in all of his like stuff that he loves. Yes. He loves the underwater stuff. He loves apparently shipwrecks. He sure seems to film a lot of those. So it's like it's such a self-indulgent project also right it's like it's entirely for his happy feeling right like this is a movie that james cameron made for james cameron yes and i would add a separate thing so it's also clear that he really like is into technology sort of at a more intimate level much more than nature so what what we see in this film is all the technology is intricate it's been thought out. Like, he's figured out, like, okay, where do these things go in the boat mm-hmm. and how do they deploy? Because yeah, he, right? he obviously has a huge interest in yes. submarines and undersea exploration. And, like, he's he's been on so many ships. And, like, this is, a, this is a huge area of interest for him. And it comes through in this movie. Absolutely. And if you look at – this was one of the most perplexing things to the, in this movie. When it happened, I was like, wait, what? So I'm like, not only, like, I thought for, you know, the first Avatar and then this Avatar, I thought I was just kind of like reading James Cameron's subconscious a little. I'm like, wow, this guy is trying to make movies that are anti-tech and he's actually like so into tech, it's weird, right? I guess he just doesn't realize that or something. I mean, I definitely think but, there could be a like self lack of self-awareness. Lack of self-awareness. But then th- this part was so bizarre that I, I don't even have an explanation for it. I really don't. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on right now. In this movie, there's seriously like 15 minutes of the movie is devoted to just one catching one whale. Mm-hmm. It's just like an insert, right? It doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. It's just like, let's put this in here. Because he wants to show off the cool way that he came up with that they like right. hunt the whales. And, you know, because you could accomplish this much sooner. It's just like they could have even just found the whale killed and or or dying yeah, you never... and the emotional impact would have been the same but no yeah, yeah. like he wanted to show the whole process and why they were catching the whales and all this tech stuff and right it is shot heroically from the whaler's perspective all the stuff coming out is really cool and we follow them and like yeah, you can't help but be like impressed and like oh that's pretty cool that's there's pretty almost smart. no shots yeah. Of the whale sympathetically. It's kind of just abstractly out there. It's not even a whale that we kind of knew which one it was until after. It's so weird. And you're just like, okay, so I I mean, if I really want to give the benefit of the doubt, I guess I would say that, like, you know, if this was a super sophisticated filmmaker doing something, maybe you're like, oh, he wanted to portray it heroically and then turn it around on you or something like that to show you that it, like, would feel heroic here but not – but it never does that. I think this was just completely unaware. Like, he doesn't even realize 
that he really likes all that stuff or something. It's it was really bizarre. Yeah, and I feel like really bizarre to me. I feel like with a little self awareness, there's actually something pretty interesting there. This idea of the contradiction or the yeah, uh, like where you're like, look, I understand that I benefit from this stuff, and yeah. that I even enjoy it. And but that there is a dark side. There's a yes. there is a downside to it. Like yes, there are obvious ways you could imagine yeah. movies exploring the idea that uh, well, I mean yeah, someone could make a movie about this. It, yeah, it's called two thousand one, right? Yeah. The idea that like technology is the crucial thing for humanity, but it also has dangers. They didn't choose a, the danger of us using it to do bad things, bad things yeah. even though they kind of hint at that. Because, like, the first cut cut shot there is, like, a nuclear weapon that floats by mm-hmm. right after the bone and, mm-hmm. and things. But but it's about how, like, it does become dangerous because when we can't control our tools, like, anymore, mm-hmm. they can kill us, right? Uh, so it is about that, right? And it's a really interesting film as a result. You yeah, can imagine I, yeah. other films about that. You could imagine a film about deforestation or something like this mm-hmm. one kind of tries to deal with a little bit, although it doesn't really – uh, that was about that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're you know, we could imagine a, a film about using terraforming technology to build like these little colonies, but it's actually destroying some nature here. And what does that mean? And how do the characters react to it? None of that happens in this movie, but you could imagine that sure. being a movie where technology was doing something beneficial, but also something destructive. And how do people deal with that? And blah blah blah. This isn't that movie. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing. Is it's just there's like so little complexity that it feels like insulting. It also feels like it hasn't been thought through, right? So it's just kind of thrown out there, like like almost like somebody read a tweet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's it's this movie's like grasp on mm-hmm. reality and discussion of it is like reading a Twitter thread. It's just embarrassingly simple and removes all of the interesting detail that actually makes it worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I would also point out before we move on from the subject of the anti tech stance that actually seems to be super pro-tech if you watch the film. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even come up. I remember this thinking about this the first Avatar, which is a very long time ago, but it's the same in this Avatar. They didn't change anything about it. Even the way they interact with the animals is technological. It's just not. They're just like, oh, how do you ride a Gorimps or whatever the hell those things are called? Mm-hmm. You plug in! There's a freaking plug! You have a literal plug in your hair that plugs into the plug hair of the other thing. It's like he was like, how could we show, you know, people and nature coexisting and doing something interesting? It's like, well, just plug your USB port into their (laughs) USB port. And that's like, are you kidding me? One of the things that I thought this movie brought up one of the most unflattering comparisons it could have done. And it totally did it and failed at every step. Was How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. So they copied, it's just straight ripoff of How to Train Your Dragon for the middle 30 minutes of this movie. Some, well, maybe it's a little bit before the middle, but uh, with the sort of outcast son taking the thing out of the whale fin and becoming friends. Yep. It's, it is literally a direct ripoff of How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> it's literally 30 minutes lifted from How to Train Your Dragon. Every last thing if i don't even know the dialogue might be the same for all i know i haven't i don't remember how to train dragon how to train your dragon all we're missing is that that navi guy losing his leg he should have lost his leg he should have lost his leg at the end of the movie that's all we needed or i guess his arm so it would match yeah it would match yeah yeah. i 
I don't know if that's what James Cameron was thinking. Probably not. It's embarrassingly <laughs> plagiarist, plagiarizing, but maybe it was accidental. I don't know. I mean, there's always the fable of the pulling the the tack out I of the would, lion's paw, and I, yeah, I would you know, also say like taming but, the animal, taming the 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 dangerous animal is like a a thing that exists. There's like the black stallion, and like there's other movies, but not this way. That's it's, yeah. it's the it's the beat. It's like it's done so similarly. I was freaking out. Right. Um, and I guess there was a there was a thing about it that was different than uh, How to Train Your Dragon, which is that the the like weird creature saves him at the beginning, which doesn't really happen in How to Train Your Dragon. Like the reason they're in the same place, that's a bad change, makes it a lot less interesting. How to Train Your Dragon is very good because he was going there to kill the dragon. Right. And, he and can't it flips do it. it around. Yep. It's so much more impactful yes. uh, than this one, which is not impactful at all. But anyway. They kind of raised this comparison early to me because I'm like, this feels a lot like How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon is actually a really great movie. Um, the, the, the series I don't care for, but the actual first movie was very good. Yeah. In fact, that'd be a great one to review sometime because there's so many you interesting should. things to talk about in that movie, especially the ending, which is very interesting. I don't think they intended it to be interesting, but it was. <laughs> so that part was really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great film. And I just kept thinking... Through the whole thing, I'm like, wow, this is like remaking How to Train Your Dragon, but sucking. It's like the crap version of that film for like that character's story arc and how it all works and how the thing comes back at the end and all that. It's like they removed all the good parts from How to Train Your Dragon and just left these sort of vague like plot arcs. I'm sure they didn't copy it from How to Train Your Dragon because if they had actually copied it, it probably would have been better, right? But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that was so weird. When I was watching it, and I just kept thinking the whole time, I'm like, wow, this is so much worse than How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't actually think of that in the moment. I think because it, it feels a bit tropey or something. Like, it's like, it's not that but uncommon. the missing limb thing. Yeah. And the, the pulling the thing out and then riding it around. And yeah. like, it just, it was like so close. No, it's true. It's true. And I was just like, God, did he see this movie and forget Maybe, maybe, because he didn't get the good parts, right? There are, there are a lot of subtlety and important things to what ha- what is happening right. in How to Train Your Dragon. He missed all of those, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But um, but he got, but it was so close. You're not supposed to interact with this thing, right? He put that in there. Mm-hmm. This is exactly like How to Train Your Dragon. I, you know, I have this encounter with it that nobody else does, and we build understanding by I fix something that's broken on the thing, mm-hmm. right? And it is a, a th- one that's been injured is another thing, right? We ride it around. It comes back and saves that, you know, I ride it to save the thing at the end or whatever, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? There's, there's, there are so many things that were the same, but it missed all the good parts of it. So, like I said, don't know. Yeah, but... and I do think that that character, I, I don't know his name, the second son. I don't know any of the names of this movie. Uh, he probably had the most interesting character stuff in the movie like he was probably the one who he was followed for the longest as part yeah, of yeah and i mean the, at the end when he has that moment with jake like his dad i i feel like there it was cl- it was so close to actually being like a pretty emotional moment uh, all right. but it wasn't like it wasn't no it <laughs> i was wasn't. like i get what you're i get what you're trying here right like but it was just like i don't know i mean i I don't think the movie did an awful job with its characters. It had a lot of them. Um, and apart from the one son who dies, who we 
we never know anything about. He's like hardly in the movie. That was the weirdest thing. It was I think just it's like, like they killed off the guy who we didn't care that much about because they didn't want us to be that sad. Which is like the opposite of what you're supposed it's to do fine. in a movie. It's but just I, like yeah. they, it was a total red shirt moment. Yes. They were like, oh, the son died. And you're like, who was that again? Yeah. Oh, right. He had two sons. Forgot about it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it's just, yeah, I think. Because you follow everybody else. Yeah. Like you get more time with the, uh, well, that's not true. They could have killed Poot or whatever. <laughs> Little one's name is. I'm thinking one. of the wire. Uh, yeah. but uh, um, it was close to Poot. I don't remember what I his don't name remember. was. But, I mean, I think you know, and I think I remember Poot from the wire because he was a good character. I don't remember this character's name because it was just a person who was around. The little, the yeah, youngest. I know the little kid, the little yeah. daughter. Um, yeah, and I just feel like you know, in this movie, I think Jake was kind of maybe slightly more interesting or appealing in this movie. He was pretty bland in the first one. I think he's okay. actually a little more interesting in this movie. I think. Okay. Uh, I think her name is what, Nateri or whatever? Zoe Saldana. Like, she is, like, so one note in this movie. It's like, she's either sobbing, right? She's like... Oh, right. She's either, like, in a sobbing emotional mess. Or, like, completely feral. Or just a wild creature. And it's like, I feel like that's another missed opportunity. This is something that I think Lawrence of Arabia did really tactfully. Yes. Is, like... You have these tribal people, and yes, there's there is some stuff that's really appealing about their culture, but there's also some things that are not that appealing about their culture, and and I think this movie had the opportunity to showcase like that part of things. It's like you there's things about these Navi that are you know maybe not so wholesome or appealing or kumbaya, you know, and I think I think the movie just like. It was never willing to engage with any darker side of the Navi, really. Like, it just never wanted to go there. So, it, it, it wanted to just portray them as as so, like, idealistic. Like, it, everything was like, look at this beautiful place we live and how we're so at harmony and everything's great and we're at peace. And it's just like, that feels so untrue about the nature of, like, any anything. <laughs> Gonna go ahead and disagree slightly here. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I mean, I just feel like that's what the movie was trying to portray. And I agree with that. Yeah. Meaning I agree that that's what James Cameron thought down, sat down and thought he put in the yes. movie. That is not what's in the movie. And to me, this was just another part of that lie. So if we talk more about the other parts of the lie, I, I picked the tech thing because I think that's the most overtly, obviously contradictory thing about the film it's hypocritical it's very hypocritical right because james cameron didn't go to a ancient tribe that's still around that's like relatively untouched Mm -hmm. by humanity to make this movie because of course you couldn't he did use all this technology so i thought that was a thing that was like clearly it's like even the way you made this movie was contradictory to what's in the movie Mm -hmm. but this part is less contradictory in how the movie's made and more contradictory about what's in the actual film, like what you chose to. So I totally agree that James Cameron's idea is like if we were all primitive tribal people, wouldn't that be great? Unfortunately, the actual content of the movie is as far as like I swear to God, maybe I'm just overreading this. There is not a single thing in this film, not a single scene that isn't obviously about how bad primitive tribal life would be. It's nuts. Let me just list the things that happen in this movie. And I'm like, am I supposed to think these are the good guys? Thing number one, basic, small, relatively uninteresting conflicts. Everyone is literally snarling at each other and like holding their weapons and stuff. Like, 
these are supposed to be like the people we want to be mm-hmm. like is like it's like very primitive, not primitive in the sense that like, oh, haha, they don't have technology primitive in the sense like these are like base humans that will kill each other or seemingly turn to violence with almost no deliberation. And they're portrayed this way. Lawrence of Arabia never really did that. No, no. Lawrence of Arabia portrayed humans as humans and complex and emotional. Yes. And yes, the Bedouin would turn to violence sometimes when maybe other people wouldn't have, but only when it was obvious why they were doing that thing. Like It, it, you made, know, it made perfect sense within within the rules of their sort of society. It made perfect and, sense to the rules of their society, and they had a functioning society that made sense. Yes. Right. And, you know, maybe the two tribes were warring for some reason that or had a standoff, but they they resolved it and they showed that they could become friends. They could do like, you know, it was like they're humans. They they have all the complexity of humans. Yeah. And, you know, it's set in World War Two, where, you know, the more technologically advanced. I'm uh, sorry. World War One, where the more technologically advanced humans are doing the same crap. They're killing each other, they're, right? So it's like, it's showing you that like, hey, we're all humans. We all have these disputes that we have. Sometimes they get out of hand and mm-hmm. things well, go very the, wrong, And the right? worst instincts of everyone, it, like it's universal. Yes. Like, the worst instincts of the more quote-unquote advanced people are the same as of the more quote-unquote primitive people. Like, we are all human. Yes. So Lawrence of Arabia portrayed it perfectly. It was like, yes, there's technological differences in these societies and... But they're not different people. Like, we're all the same. And we just have different lots that we've been drawn into. And Mm -hmm. this is how you function. If you had to live in the desert, you would be doing exactly these things. Because that's how it works, right? You can't build technology in the freaking desert, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Lawrence of Arabia, great version of that. This movie... What do we see? The tribes constantly arguing. They don't have any kind of legal system. So anytime something goes wrong, the incorrect people are punished. You, you see an outcast whale who's done nothing wrong, right? He, he's left alone. The people all hate him for no reason, right? They show no empathy and no concern for his well-being. His own people, the other whales, have shut him out. I mean, these are horrible people. What do we see with the humans? They all get along. Nobody fights. They have highly coordinated actions. So the one guy comes onto another guy's boat and commandeers it, and he's like, "All right, I guess we'll do it your way." I mean, heck, even the main what villain, the hell? even the main villain guy that we're following, ends up uh, basically having a soft spot for yes. his clone, his like, you know, the guy he's cloned from, son, and like, saves who's his- not even the same species. Yeah, right. He's like, actually, like, okay, yeah. We see almost, except for the, like, attempting to show them being mean to other people, which is when the, like, uh, the the main villain guy, like, burns the villages. Mm-hmm. That's a overtly hostile act that you're like, okay, that's bad, mm-hmm. right? But even then, it never is inter- intra-species. So you see the humans, they're highly functional, extremely well-organized. They don't infight. They have a completely functional society. They have technology. They are able to defend themselves. Like, it's so weird. It's like you don't even believe the thing you're saying. You're showing me on screen just how bad it would be to be primitive and tribal. And then the people who are supposedly the bad guys are all highly functional. And they have food and clothing and what they well, and it's I, so weird and as i said bef- at the beginning they are also human so we're a bit yes. hardwired to to sympathize with them like yes. 
there's a few moments where, like, I think that's also the sort of problem is in order to make us dislike the humans, he has to make them cartoonishly evil. Yes. Like, he has to be like, cackle, like, ha, ha, yes. ha, burn down the village, yeah. kill the whales, right? It has to yeah. be, like, the most ridiculous evil villain yeah. stuff because there's no way that we as humans are going to hate humans. Like, we're just not. And that's why I say, like, you know, there's individual human characters who we might dislike and find villainous yes. but when it's that big fight at the end where like just random humans who we've never met are just flying and dying and being torn to pieces and stuff and you're like it doesn't feel good including Jemaine clement who's just like a researcher on whale biology who doesn't even want to be there <laughs> and it's like okay i mean i guess you're trying to tell me you had it coming because he was like he was there working with the whaling fleet, even though he whether or not he was there would have no effect on whether they were whaling or something. I don't know. I also love that like the thing that they the thing that they actually extract from the whales is so desirable to humanity. I'm like, I think that might be worth it. Do you know what I yeah, mean? And ripped <laughs> off from Dune. They're like, hey, yeah. uh, you know our previous stupid idea where we talked to ripped off oil? Uh, well, now we're ripping off Dune. So, yeah, like no originality there. It doesn't it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. This yeah. movie, <laughs> what this movie is saying doesn't show up on screen except in its attempts to be overt. So what you have is all of the non overt statements tell you one thing, which is don't ever be primitive and tribal. It's a horrible life. And when a technologically advanced civilization comes, they will wipe you out. That is all this movie says. Right. That they have dysfunctional social structures. They are unable to protect themselves. They cannot do simple things like deal with diseases or anything like this. An entire village of these people, hundreds of people, cannot stop six Marines from burning their village. That is how much you do not want to be this society. You are helpless. Like, even by accident, other cultures could come and wipe you out. That's how unprotected you are. That's what the movie says. Then it's got like these weird parts in it where it's clearly trying to make you believe that this is the way to go. And you're just like, no, you would be dead. You will be wiped out. The first technological advanced civilization that accidentally lands on well, your planet will kill everyone. And they're so resist. The Navi are so resistant to the technology. Yes. Like, you know, we see this with Nateria where like she's she's like, I don't want them using the guns and like yes. I don't want them using this technology uh, like, like so resistant to modernizing and like the only advantages they have is like the technology that they take. They have the communicator things yep. like um, they have the help of some of the humans. Yep. Like the things that actually allow them to have any chance of fighting. That's right. Is is stuff that they they obtained from the invaders. So it's like. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I agree completely that it's like the movie. The movie doesn't feel like it's saying exactly what you're saying, I think because it's so heavy-handedly saying the Navi lifestyle is idyllic and, like, the way to go. Like, it's clearly trying to portray that as, as yeah, like, somehow, like, the ideal... Oh, wouldn't it be great if we could all just, like, kumbaya with nature and get along? But they don't. They don't even get along with themselves. No, I know, I know. But, like, the movie... I think the movie... Like you th- like when They're they go so to the unhappy. when they go to the water place it's like it's like becomes a nature documentary and like swimming with the whales and it's like 
but they're unhappy. They fight with each other. They their tribal leaders are so bad at resolving conflicts. Well, and the son the son from the other clan basically um, gets uh the would have been killed, should have been killed, yeah, yeah. because of the acts of their people. They're horrible people. Mm-hmm. They're worse than the average human, and yet we're supposed to think these are the the good people, right? It's awful. I mean, and like I said, we never, even though we could assume that, well, because humans do mm-hmm. behave like this, and we know that it's not in the movie. The only thing in the movie is like, well, don't have one bad marine. They might yeah. go around burning villages. I'm like, okay, yeah, good point. I agree with you there, but I didn't exactly disagree with that fact to begin with. You know, I I wouldn't choose to have bad Marines going around burning villages if I could avoid it, right? I'm not, wasn't, I wasn't really unclear on that going into the (laughs) film, right? Yeah. But if you're trying to show me like ways of living and how they work, I'm like, you did the opposite. None of the other people, none of the humans have petty disagreements. None of the other humans try to kill each other by leaving them stranded in an area where they know sharks live. I mean, it's so weird. Yeah. It's just, it's so backwards from how you would be trying to tell the story. And furthermore, the Navi are always miserable. They always seem miserable. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, sometimes we see them swimming in the ocean and that's fun. And like Attenborough is like, the undersea plankton is endangered by encroaching fleets. But they are still beautiful sometimes. Or whatever the hell this that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But the time all the rest of the times they're unhappy. They they treat people with five fingers like they treat people with five fingers the way the worst human treats a disabled person. Yeah. It's like as if you were like, look at how, you know, benevolent and wonderful these people are. And you wheel someone in in a wheelchair and they all hiss at them and like curse at them. And you're like, these are horrible people. Yeah. The person just has a hand. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, and I think- what is wrong with you people? And so when I watch this film, I'm like, no, you did so much to make these people seem awful. Like, awful, awful people. And am I the only one seeing this? I mean, did I, am I the only person who saw the bigotry no, I, in this movie? I think I, I think that's one of the things, like, this movie kind of does reek of self, uh, lack of self-awareness. The main character in the first movie is in a wheelchair, and the Marines are nice to that person. In this movie, someone just doesn't have a fully formed hand, according to them, or their tails aren't thick enough, and they're mean, and nasty, the first thing they think of when they see someone who doesn't look like them is they're, a, a, they're disgusting. They have demon blood. It's like a Nazi talking to them. It was horrific. Yeah. When I saw that scene, I was like, am I the only person who's paying attention to this movie? It's deeply unsettling. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this demon is... Demon blood. Yeah. They said demon blood for a person who's just slightly deformed. Demon yeah. blood. Who says that? No, I I think this is this is the thing that the movie is so like lacking the awareness. It's like as I said, I think this would have been interesting an interesting opportunity to confront some of those darker aspects of the tribal people. The movie just doesn't. And it's so clearly made from the perspective like you said, like that that lack of awareness that James Cameron has. Like it feels to me like he doesn't he's not telling the story from that perspective. Like he thinks he is. I don't. No, no. I don't think he thinks that 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 he's portraying the Navi in like. I think he's like, okay, there's conflict, but we are still presenting them as like the good guys. They are always the good guys. 
Yeah, quote unquote. If you just don't pay attention to anything actually happens. The movie thinks they are. The movie, like James Cameron thinks they are. Yes, this is why I say it's based on a lie that he himself doesn't even believe. Because when he goes to make this stuff, he makes horrors. Like that was horrible. It was an adult who called the person demon blood. An adult. It wasn't a child, right? It wasn't like, don't say that about the, right? It's like, what's going on? You created the most horrible people, and I'm supposed to think they're the good guys. Well, yeah, and I think that's it's just weird because it's like you could have had the you could have had a more complex story that dealt with that stuff that portrayed the humans as less cartoonishly villainous and maybe yeah. presented presented the 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 image of like reality that is more complex. And it's just like James Cameron is not interested in that with this story at all. He is interested. He's interested, I think, in making himself feel good. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I wonder if he's got some serious guilt or something. Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know. This is such an interesting... Like, the Avatar movies for James Cameron feel like, instead of going to a psychologist or something... <laughs> instead, of go- instead of going to therapy, he's like, I'm just going to make a big movie about blue people and like work yeah. through my stuff. Yeah, it could be. Where there's like not a lot of self-awareness, but he's just like just letting it all out. I don't yeah. know. And I, it almost feels that way. Like it feels this movie feels like I I guess there's definitely a part of me that likes the earnestness of like I feel like I'm getting James Cameron's honest issues on the screen yeah kind of like it's like i'm getting his interests like i'm getting to see the nitty-gritty detail of like the stupid underwater stuff that he loves right and uh i know he loves this story like i know he he loves this world he loves these characters he he cares deeply about them but you're also getting his blind spots right you're getting like the things that he's not seeing about it it's just so it's so uncontemplative right yes it hasn't thought about any of the things it puts in the movie. It's it's completely specious. So it's like it puts something in the movie and it wants it to do a particular thing. But if it had thought for 15 mm-hmm. seconds about what that thing actually means in the context of this film, you'd be like, oh, whoa, I should think about because this more. Think, it's, what, things must not be the way I think they are because this is not what that what happens. That's why right? I say you think – I think this is much more of a feels movie yeah. for James Cameron. It's not yeah. – he's not actually thinking – clearly about it he's it's it's a very emotional thing for him i think yeah uh and while i admire that in a way i really do like anybody who like cares a lot about a story and wants to tell that in the way they want to tell it like i I can't hate that you know what i mean um but i do think that the the lack of self-awareness prevents it from really being like a super good movie well i also don't understand anything about the whale people can we add that to the list i mean if you want to I, I don't know are we done with the like this movie doesn't make any sense ideologically i think part yeah i think we should move on from the sort of like hypocritical stuff we yeah, get, i mean you could that. you could take lots of things and, and okay well then i'll just th- throw in at the very end without discussion i the, the whale thing doesn't make any sense they're like oh they decided not to kill kill anymore like we're not going to kill anymore and ostensibly that's why they don't like fight back against the humans or something yeah but uh, then, like, like literally, like, four shots after that, one of the whales opens up its mouth and eats literally, like, a thousand fish. And they're all dead. So, obviously, they just... No. Like, they obviously do kill things that aren't whales. All the time. Every day. Every single one of them. So, why would they care about humans? 
It doesn't make any sense. Well, and I had the same right? thought even with the the Navi, where it's like they get really upset when the humans kill the whales. But they're like, there's a shot of them like fishing, like using yeah. nets to fish. One just dude just like... cold cold cocks an arrow, shoots it straight through a fish, picks it up. The fish is just flapping like crazy, and so they're, it's, like, it's like, what the hell, no, guys? I, there's like, there's this idea that like, oh, everything is connected, and yeah. we love all the animals, but the just but, not that one. But it's like, and and that's yeah, it's like reality is complicated. Yeah, and by refusing to sort of acknowledge that, it just feels like a lie. Yeah, like it's you a, said. the whole movie's a freaking lie. Yeah, um, and you know, I guess one of the reasons it's popular is it's a lie people like to tell themselves, and they don't want to think. I don't know how popular. I, don't know. I, I think the reason it's popular is because it's visually like extremely yeah. impressive. That's Could the only. Be. That's the only reason people Could be. care. Like, it's certainly the only reason I was interested in watching it. Like, I knew the yeah. story wasn't going to be good. Um, yep. But I and and I will say, I did enjoy watching it quite a lot, and it's all because of that. That visual experience, like, I think was it was really good. All because of the tech. The tech. It's all Amusingly. because of the tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we probably can start winding down because I feel like we've gone on for a while. Right. I do think if you're just going to talk about, like, basic plot stuff, it was obviously super yeah. dumb. But that's most movies today. Um, yeah, it wasn't any dumber than your average blockbuster today. It's a lot dumber. A lot dumber. I mean, you can't even really measure how much dumber it is than James Cameron's earlier blockbusters. Like, you compare this to Aliens or the Terminator movies or Abyss. Or even Titanic. Even Titanic. This movie is so much stupider. Right? I mean, it also... It, it's it like also... got the intellect dial turned down to, like, zero. And it used to be Terminator, for example, is very smart. It's like a pretty well-plotted, clever, interesting movie... And I don't know how you get from there to here, but he I got mean, here. This movie actually in the middle just gives up for a while oh, on yeah. even having a story. It becomes like a nature documentary yeah, of swimming, in the, swimming with the whales. And to be honest, I actually think I enjoyed that part of the movie sort of the most because it was purely a visual right. experience. You could just sit there and absorb it and watch it and look. And I, I, actually, I really enjoyed that because you weren't for, for a little while. You didn't have to think about any of the dumb stuff. Um, and so I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed that. And like there's, you know, I remember mentioning at one point, like there's just the, the, the things we mention all the time. Like at the end, like the the villainous guy says to Jake, it's like, you've already lost a son or whatever. It's like, how does he know that? He doesn't know that. How does he know that? He like just stuff like that where you're like, OK, characters knowing things they shouldn't. Yeah. Just because. Well, and then they had to have like a freaking communicator so they could talk to each other that conveniently they never use. Like, for example, when the sun's out stranded in the reef, mm-hmm. he never like thinks, oh, maybe I'll use my communicator. Maybe he just wasn't wearing it right, that day. Or something. Yeah. Right. He could have immediately just gone to the surface and gone, hey, I'm out in this reef. I don't know where I am before the shark comes or whatever. But it's like, no. Uh, so they never have the communicator when they need it, but they always have the communicator when we need it for a plot reason. Mm-hmm. Right? And like that stuff, I just. I'm not that, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. Because I think I can I can look over that sort of stuff if everything else works. Um, but I think, like, all of the previous stuff we were talking about, the overwhelming, like, contradictions of this movie are the thing that you come away with feeling, like, kind of meh about. Those are the things that stand out. And the visuals, as a positive, I'd say the visuals are really, really good. And... I think the performances are actually very good. You think about the the circumstances under which these actors were acting. Like they're yeah. in like a 
big room. His with... voice acting mostly. Yeah, and like, they just, don't get to be in the scene at all. I think their performances, their physical performances, were really good considering they are not there. Like they're in a room with dots covering them, and yeah, like yeah. I, I always find those sort of performances really impressive because like that takes some serious like commitment and imagination on the actor's part. And it's probably harkens back to like stage acting kind of yeah. like minimalist stage acting. It's like we're doing waiting for Godot in like a theater that has no set and we're just kind of standing out there. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and I really genuinely think that they did a great job and that the technology was able to capture those performances in this really incredible way. And like yeah. I found that to be extremely impressive and and engrossing. I, I, I really loved watching their faces. Like it was, it was really cool. I would say that, like, I probably agree with you there. I mean, I don't really get much from that uh, personally. Meaning, I don't super enjoy it one way or the other. So it wasn't like, oh, wow, I'm really enjoying this or anything. But I agree that, like, you know, there were definitely shots in this movie where I was like, okay, that looks really bad. But I noticed those shots, which means the rest of the time I wasn't noticing. Right. Mm-hmm. So most of the shots in this movie. Just you just don't notice that it's all CG yeah. and working fairly well. Yeah. The lighting looks really good and the consistent. The lighting was incredible. Very like, good. The water, like you said, always looks really good. You never get that CG water feel. I do think the, some of the lighting know, was really, really impressive. They even good. do things where like, things looked overexposed and like really bright, you know, really bright. Yeah, a lot of, of like, really good high contrast yeah. lighting in places. And this it is what I say. Weird. I liked the cinematography, like the look of this movie. It was it looked yep. much better than a lot of uh, I mean, basically all really, like, CG, certainly CG-dependent movies these days. You're not a lot of heavy filter shot kind of looking yep. stuff where everything's yep. blue for no reason. Yes. and, and Even though this movie <laughs> takes place in the no, water. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been really easy to, <laughs> yeah. to fall into the sort of, like, the traps you see a lot of, like, cinematography kind of sliding into these days. And it didn't do that at all. It was so visually, like, lush and colorful and, yeah, like, high contrast lighting, really interesting lighting. Yeah. They, did, they did a lot of really interesting shots with light in general, I thought. There yeah. was some really beautiful imagery. And they in this had a movie. lot of like bioluminescent plants that looked yeah, cool. Yeah, the bioluminescence and, you know. on their skin and all yeah. that at night was like really, really cool. Uh, so. And so I, uh, I really enjoyed watching, the, the, like actually watching this movie, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I think I would watch it again uh, happily. Like I, it was really like a nice experience. Please God, no. And I can imagine, I can also say, like, seeing this movie, I didn't see it in the theater, but, like, seeing it in the theater on, like, a big IMAX screen or something probably would have been pretty cool. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this is an interesting movie. It's an interesting movie because I really enjoyed watching it, but I don't think it's a good movie. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Well, you think it's a good visuals. It's a good experience. And as you and know. And audio design. I mean, the, the, the audio design is good too. Like the vision, AV is great. It's just the actual things that are yeah, happening yeah. are but not. But as, as we've right? talked about many times in this podcast, like that's enough for me. Right. Yeah. It's not enough for me. The, the sort of experiential aspect of a movie is, is, is more overwhelming for me. So I would say that I had more problems with the movie than just the ones we've talked about, though. Unsurprising. I thought. Uh, it's hard for me to necessarily say because, you know, it's a two-hour and 40-minute movie or something like and that. And our podcast is heading to that length, too. Oh, come on. This is not <laughs> that long. Um, So it's a very long film. It sure is. But un- nonetheless... It's three hours and 15 minutes, I think. 
I thought it said only two something. Oh, that was the first movie. Yeah, no, no, this is that was the first. This movie. is three yeah, hours. I remember it came out. I so think it's three, it's three hours, hours fifteen minutes. Okay, so it's extremely long. Very long. It's as long as Lawrence of Arabia. Well, not quite, I suppose. So this is a very, very long film. Yeah. Extremely long, even longer than the first one. And nonetheless, it feels like in many places the edit or the storyboarding, I don't know which, I don't know what happened here, was just completely fucked. So, I mean, there are scenes, like there's a scene I remember very specifically, but this happened all the time through this movie. There's a scene where they're just like, here it is, the spirit tree. They're like talking about some underwater sea enemy thing. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I didn't even know they were going the spirit tree. No idea. Well, in the scene, I can't remember right? what the it was. The scene right before the scene it right was before. them like swimming. I thought they were going. In fact, there, you can actually match two scenes together. There is a scene where the like the outcast kid is like, I don't remember what's going on here. It's like he's out getting stranded or something is happening. Yeah. And then they show his friend his like his brother and the girl or i don't really even remember who swimming i guess it's like the no it's it's the it's the sigourney weaver sigourney weaver and then the little girl and the little girl and and then the uh chief chief's daughter the the new the Mm -hmm. water chief's daughter Mm -hmm. um whoever that is they are coming sort of from the left to the right as if they're swimming up to this event we just saw. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out like they're not swimming up to the event we just saw. Mm-hmm. They were swimming up to the spirit tree. We never, they never mentioned they were going to see the spirit tree. That was, that it was never really, happened. That was, that scene in particular was right? very odd. It was very confusing and jarring. And then later, that almost exact same thing happens, but this time they are swimming up to the event we're seeing. You see almost the exact same shot of them swimming up, and then it is the, like, so they use the exact same edit twice. But in one thing, they're coming up to something totally different. Yeah. And another thing, they're coming up to the thing we already saw. So it's like, even you don't know how this edit works. Because you used it twice, <laughs> and it was different each time. Like, that's messed yeah. up. But I felt like that was happening constantly. Always in this movie, it was like cutting away from someone's story to some other story. And it felt totally jarring. Yeah, like it, it never... did not feel seamless, ever. Yeah, it didn't do a great job of setting up when it was... I mean, there's a reason for stuff like establishing shots, right? It's like, if you're going to completely pull us out of the current thing and show us something new, you kind of have to, like, help us get there. Well, and that <laughs> yeah. scene should be at a natural stopping point that makes it feel like it ended. People know how to do this, right? They're like, okay, we should, like, stop on a person who just had a reaction to something and we kind of, like, hold on them for a second and then it kind of goes away. So we know we're, like, cutting out of that scene, mm-hmm. right? Well, and even stuff like music can help with that. You know, the music might yeah. suddenly cut off or but change it and it's like, yeah. And so, like, this movie was constantly, like, didn't know how to edit. It was. I think the editing was awful in this movie, or the storyboarding was just so bad that this is the best they could do. I don't know which it was, but so I would actually say not only do I think the writing in general is terrible and the ideology is heavily conflicting with what's on the screen, the overt ideology and the actual ideology like are in violent disagreement, but also I thought it was a mess. I thought the editing was an absolute mess. Like it was just, it was just really bad. And I felt felt that through the whole film. They were trying to tell multiple stories, but the pacing was all off. Sometimes we'd cut back and forth between things rapidly for no apparent reason because they weren't related. And then other times we would follow the like marine guy and then he'd disappear for like 45 minutes and then he'd come back. Right? Mm-hmm. It was just, 
Other times we're cutting back and forth so rapidly. It's like we needed, it's like the film thought we needed to know that these two things were happening at the same time, even though they weren't related. Like nothing was happening. Those, they were completely different places and didn't matter, right? Because um, one was like Spider and the Marines doing stuff and the other was like the kids. They're completely different places. So it was just, it was really, I, I felt that the editing was awful. Just, yeah. just, just awful, really. Yeah, it was a little bit odd. <clears throat> and the pacing, I should say, as well. Yeah, pacing. Pacing was definitely kind of weird, too. Like I said, there's a whole section in the middle, which I actually enjoyed, but it's like, for a bit, we just like kind of forget that there's a story that's supposed to be yeah, happening. Yeah, um, we do. Which is fine. I don't know. As I said, didn't mind. But it's like, it's definitely, there was some choices that were made that were kind of odd. And I don't know if some of it's <laughs> like you know, this type of movie is made in such an unusual way, probably compared to like a lot of movies that I don't know what happens. Like you might end up with some footage that like, you know, like all movies, you have to end up editing for various reasons. Like you edit stuff out or a scene gets cut for various reasons. And you know what I mean? I don't know who knows what happened, especially in some of those more confusing edits. Um, but I don't think it, you could be so consistently yeah, bad yeah. in the edit and not have had it just been you didn't do a good job, right? Like it, it doesn't seem like this was like, oh yeah, there were some cuts that don't make sense. Uh, that doesn't seem to be like what's happening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. So I also think this movie is really, really bad with uh, explaining the stakes of the situations. So over and over and over again, I thought this movie just came out of nowhere with things where I was just like, what? So first example would be the uh, Sigourney Weaver child mm-hmm. randomly like has like animal control powers that just all of a sudden she she like ends up doing emotions with her hands that control flowers that kill people. Just just it happens. Right. There's no explanation for it. There's no build up to it. Well, we, right? but we do, we've seen her do this throughout the movie. We've seen her do like smaller versions of it where she's like controlling the fish swimming around. and But never like, oh, my gosh, like this is a thing with my hand. Like like she literally mm. is like doing motions yeah, it's with like, it. It's like Avatar. Like it's like she's a flower yeah. vendor or something. Or she's, yeah. But, but that, <laughs> we never get the scene where she's like, oh, my gosh, I can do this now. Well, it doesn't make – it's like if you wanted that scene to pay off, like, oh, she uses her flower powers at the end to, like, grab some stuff with the flower, you needed to, like, set that up. Like, she tries a few times to do it to grab something, and she can't quite, and then she gets it, right? Like, but instead it just kind of seems like she's just kind of, like, hanging out underwater. Whole- it doesn't feel – it's not communicating what it needs to communicate in a plot structure sense. It's not giving us that investment so that when she actually does the thing with the flower, it feels cool. It felt stupid to me when it actually happened. I feel like that whole right? thing with this Sigourney Weaver clone baby whatever uh, was like weird because it feels like it's probably something they're sort of setting up maybe for like <laughs> the next movie. I'm sure it is, yeah. Because it was, it was like, oh, like obviously she's some sort of like – Awa is it Awa that that they call like yeah, Gaia like whatever. Um, it's probably like she's like a- Awa like made her made this child for some reason or whatever. Yeah, she, the, she's like a Christ child thing because yeah, yeah. she didn't have a father apparently. Sort <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you know we don't we don't really explore that much in this movie. Which yeah, it's like okay, we're probably just setting it up for a sequel. But it does feel a little weird to like. But it should have been in there. Yeah, it feels weird to introduce something so extreme and then be like. 
oh, but don't really worry about it. Like, I guess we'll deal with yeah. it next movie. And it's not that important anyway. It's like, what is going yeah, it's on? Like, if you're going to, I feel like maybe plant the seeds of that idea in this movie, but like deal with, if you're going to have that be a main plot thing in the next one, maybe. No, but they spent the time. Like, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, don't. Don't spend the time in this movie. But do it. Do. Like, just have do, it be. Do, yeah. Connect with this character. Like, have show us better scenes of her learning and how she learns to control this power. You had plenty of time to do it, and you just chose not to. Right? It's yeah, just it's like, very obviously, sloppy. At three hours and 15 minutes, there, had there's a lot of time. Like, as we said, the middle section of this movie is like swimming with the dolphins. Like, it's... You didn't need to do that, and but and we have her doing these things. Like the scene, we have the scenes with her. They're just not good scenes. We don't see what she's actually doing, or we don't see her struggle to work with or, the power or, at all, or, or anything learning. like that. Like I think learning that yes. she has the power. Like you know, I I don't know about yes. struggling with it because if she, she's probably just naturally can do this, but it's like she discovery. had to, she had to learn that at some yes. point. She had to discover that she could control these things, and it, I think at the point we see, she's already doing that. Like she already yes. knows. She already kind of knows how to do this stuff. This is so, my point. It yeah. doesn't feel like it should feel. We all know how to tell that story. It's been told a billion times. Yeah. It's yet another uncreative thing in this movie, but it doesn't even manage to do it correctly, right? Like, I mean, how many superhero origin stories have you seen? We know how they work, but they can't seem to muster it up enough, like, actual well, resolve to show like, us something. Yeah, because, like, as you said, if she was discovering her power, it makes the moment when she uses them, you know, when she controls the, when she uses the fish to to, right. to find the, you know, Nateria and the daughter yeah. and, and rescue them. Like, it makes those moments feel more triumphant. We care. Yeah. We care. Yeah. We don't care in this movie because we don't know what the hell is going on. And at yeah. the end, we realize because all of a sudden she's killing people with a giant flower. But it's like until then, I didn't really realize that she was starting to like have agency through her communion with nature. Right. I didn't get that sense before because we didn't really see her doing those things or even reacting to the fact that she could, which you'd think would be a big deal if you figured out you could control a flower. I'd be like, holy shit, I can control the flowers. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah flowers. But anyway. So that, I I don't know. But then, like, even in the small, I felt like this movie couldn't manage to do setup and payoff. It's like, at the end, everyone's trapped in an oxygen bubble for some reason. Like, there's the mom and the one daughter, Poot, are trapped in the oxygen bu- they're bubble tra- on they're one side. They're trapped in one section, right? yeah. And then the dad and the son. outcast son are trapped in another oxygen bubble. That just happened to look like the same oxygen bubble. So that was great. I don't know why you couldn't have different looking compartments for that, but they couldn't. So there you go. And then it's like they just can swim out of it, apparently. Like the thing with the dad was that like he just wasn't breathing right or something, even though obviously. He almost just drowned. So but even though like the thing that supposedly the son kind of shows him at the end is something that he would have already had to learn because he was already doing the same surfing thing that they all had to do and whatever. But who knows? Doesn't matter. The movie doesn't care. So neither will I. I didn't know what the problem was. Like when the when the girl makes the little like path to the of glowy fish to the mom and the and the other mm-hmm. and the sister I have no idea why that helped cuz they didn't know how to get out but wh- why not they, they were just like I don't know I guess we're just stuck in the oxygen bubble who who knows how you get out of here it's like uh okay so were you 
you weren't just you weren't going to try diving down and swimming away for some reason like you were just like the best we can do is die here like it's like they were waiting because they knew the plot was that the sister well, make, it I, doesn't make any I sense guess I, don't, I don't know if i completely agree with that i mean especially since natiri never did any of the like water stuff like she wasn't really but you would swim you would try to swim well, out probably, of the compartment assuming, you, you swam into i'm assuming when they ran out of air they would have done that but it's like if you don't know the way out you don't know the way out you're probably just gonna drown but that could be communicated right someone could say we could swim for it and they're like we don't know how to get out of here we'll just drown or something and then they'd be like, I don't know. They they could do something that lets me know what the problem is. Because when the little fish came and they're like, all right, it's fine. I'm like, uh, w- okay, is it is it that – was it that it was really far and these are providing oxygen? Or, well, yes. or no, was it that we don't know where to go? The, like literally right? the, the – the- Sigourney Weaver daughter gives Neytiri the yes. oxygen butterfly. So my assumption was that it was just too far for oxygen. But, but I didn't know because I'm just like, I don't know. Up until that point when she does that, I was just like, why are you guys sitting around in this oxygen bottle? I literally had no idea because they didn't show me where it was. I had no idea where that oxygen bubble was. I'm I don't even know where if, they are. Right? If you were trapped in a thing, in an oxygen bubble, oxygen bubble in a giant ship, would you know the way out? Well, first I would dive down and look, right, about where we were, and then I would come up. I mean, I would be doing things that made it seem like I was interested in escaping my oxygen bubble before I died. That would be the kinds of things I would do. I wouldn't sit there waiting for the plot to happen because I don't know that someone's coming to save me, right? But that's not even what I'm complaining about. I'm just complaining about the fact that I didn't know any of these things. Like, I wanted to know where they were. I wanted to know that it was hard to get out of there because I didn't even know that. For all I knew, they could have just swam right out. It was just like under the thing and they were gone. So someone should go down and look and be like, just look out and they just see this like dark morale. They're like, we'll never make it. We don't know where to go. Right. And come back up. Those are just basic things a movie does so that you understand these people are trapped. You under Viscerally, not I got to piece it together that, well, they probably don't think they can escape. And, yeah, it's a big ship, so they must be in a place that – like, show me. Yeah. That's the point yeah. of the film, right? And so normally, like, James well, I, Cameron like would just, be good at these things. Yeah, and you just like, – you, like you just mentioned, like – Oh, it could be dark, right? Like, imagine if you if the lights were out in there and you couldn't see. And the right? lights do go out, but they still can see. Yeah, and I'm just like that. You know, that makes it feel like way more like you're trapped, and you don't yeah. have you know even to go explore a little bit. You don't want to do that because you might not get back to your oxygen bubble. So show it's like, it. Yeah. Just show that stuff, and then it also becomes. So I didn't care at all when the little like butterflies came, and it was like the and I was like, this is so dumb. This movie is such a waste of my time. If instead it had been like you showed that visceral fear and they look and it's all dark and they can't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden, right, it's Through like the darkness, the little like, fish come. Yeah, then you're like, yeah. oh, my God, that's so cool. It's like the movie doesn't even know how to make the things that would be cool, cool in the movie. Mm-hmm. They all just fall flat. And that just kept happening over and over again, too. It just it didn't know how to set up things. It just expected me to magically intuit all of these things that I'm saying right now, which I have to back figure out in my head, which isn't interesting to me. Right. It's like if I have to figure out why we needed these little butterfly creatures, that's not a very exciting film moment. And I'm certainly not worried about these people who are in this because I didn't even know they were running out of air anyway. So this film was terrible. This was way worse than I was expecting. 
way worse. I was expecting something more on the lines of the first Avatar movie, which was bad, but not like laughably bad. This movie, to me, was laughably bad. In fact, I did laugh a few times. There's a scene where they all the Navi are sitting around. <laughs> I know what you're And they about. cut to some... You haven't seen a human in a long time. Yeah. Right? It's just Navi sitting around. And you don't actually know that there are non-Navi there. At least I didn't. Because yeah, this was first. like I think it was after the daughter has a seizure. The daughter so... has a seizure and the the like heliplane the like uh, helicopter thing or whatever that is comes down and the like EMTs are there, but like one of the EMTs is a Navi mm-hmm. for some reason. Or he's, an avatar. He's, it's an avatar. Avatar yeah. of a Navi. And so they're all talking, it's all these Navis. And no one else, there's like no other humans doing anything. It's just Navi there. But then they cut over to some guy like Dave with his <laughs> curly hair. And he just says one line. And it looks like something that someone put on YouTube where they cut themselves into yeah, Avatar. It does, it does. It's the worst thing ever. I think I turned to you at that moment and said, am I honestly supposed to take this movie seriously? I think I said something like that. Because it, it was yeah. so ridiculous. Ridiculously this, bad. This, this happens a little bit with Spider too. Sometimes, um, yeah. Not it's not as bad. He's better though because he at least he was he gave a pretty good performance for what he had to do. Totally, and he and and because he's sort of behaving like a Navi, it yeah. like works. He doesn't feel as out as as out of place. Um, but there, I think there <clears> were still <throat> a shot or two there where it cuts to him and it's like jarring. Yeah, it's just jarring. It wasn't maybe silly, but it's weird. It feels a little weird. Yeah. Um. So anyway. I don't know. I did. I was definitely not as strongly negative about this movie as you because I find I found the experience of actually watching it to be like pretty good. Like it was immersive. I gave it as many thumbs down. I would grow new thumbs <laughs> to point them down for this movie and also to piss off the Navi who apparently think that if you have thumbs, you're some demon. It's not thumbs. It's like the whatever it is or some shit. Whatever anyway, it is. Anyway. All, all right. the things in this movie, they're all terrible. <laughs> it's like it's arrows go through glass, even though oh, yeah. even though I, was, it, I think yeah. I said that. I was like, we haven't bothered to come up with like arrow proof glass. But we have, because there's literally like like I said, there's a scene where Spider is in an observation room, and that's not even supposed to be like military grade. It's not a military gunship. It's not like a prison. It's yeah. just a basic interrogation room. He is literally wailing at the glass. It's like they use like plexiglass or something with a chair and cannot even dent the thing. But the actual military armored vehicles, you can shoot an arrow through them with a regular bow. This movie is awful. It's it's so bad. You think they would have learned like from 10 years ago or whenever when they were here before that arrows can penetrate the glass. So like just make glass that the arrows can't penetrate remote control entire people why are there's anyone flying things it doesn't make any sense if you have we currently cannot remote control a a humanoid and we don't fly our war machines it's ridiculous (laughs) the entire film is ridiculous it's a ridiculous stupid movie with literally zero thought put into any of the consequences for the things that occur in the film. And that's all I have to say about Avatar, the wave of water. Avatar, save the whales. Yeah. I'm not, by the way, I'm just letting people know right now, 
I am not watching any more of this garbage. I already didn't want to watch this film. When when Way of the Water 3 mm-hmm. comes out or Way of the Fire or whatever the stupid next movie is, called, I am f- not watching yeah. it. I am done with James Cameron movies. It's a shame. I, I mean, old James Cameron stuff I love. Like, I love Terminator. I really like Titanic. Like, I, you I know. loved Terminator. I loved The Abyss. Oh, I did um, see that a long time ago. I need to watch that again. I loved Aliens. Yes, Aliens. Um, yes. And, you know, like, the the Abyss actually had a, a pretty strong anti, like, uh, I guess I wouldn't say strong. It had that sort of anti-military content in it mm-hmm. to a certain degree. <clears throat> but it handled it way better. It was way more subtle. It was way more, it showed more balance. Mm-hmm. And it was more about, like, it was more clear that it's like, you can have a bad person in the military. Not that it is bad to have a military or something mm-hmm. like this, right? Or that technology is inherently evil mm-hmm. because good people were using technology for good things and bad people were using it for bad mm-hmm. things, right? It was like, it was much more like understanding. Nuanced? Yeah, like it, it, was, it wasn't a super nuanced film, but it's like, it's not so ridiculous mm-hmm. as this one, mm-hmm. right? So, anyway. you know, I liked it too. I liked early James Cameron too. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in his early work. This is just a, this is a nightmare. Yeah, except for the fact that visually it's it's pretty it's pretty great, pretty impressive. Just go play Horizon Forbidden West. Maybe, yeah. Go play a video game. Video games look as good, and they're they're more interesting. Anyway, anyway, that's it for Avatar: yep. The Way of Water. So next week will be a totally different type of movie. It's going to be Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. No, Puss in Boots. Oh, sorry. Puss in Boots. I always say Puss and Boots. You do. And I've said that since as a child. When I was... I I didn't read Puss in Boots as a child. I didn't know about it. Uh, But when I was like in fifth grade, uh, the the movie was supposed to be Puss in Boots. Uh, And I think... I when I heard the teacher say that like we're good, it was it was obviously not this movie because this movie mm-hmm. didn't exist, but it was a different Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of those like PBS specials or some I'm crap sure, like yeah. that. And I thought the teacher said Puss and Boots. I don't even remember seeing this movie. I don't know if it was announced and then we never saw it or something. But ever since then, I've just thought it was Puss and Boots. <laughs> I seriously had no idea it was Puss in Boots, which makes way Until more. Until when, like. Until recently? I mean, when the first Puss in Boots movies came out, a movie came out, I think I noticed that it said Puss in Boots, but I think I still said Puss and Boots. And today, (laughs) even to this day, even though I now know it is Puss in Boots, I still say Puss and Boots all the time. (laughs) Thankfully, you say it quick enough, people can't tell. That's true. Anyway, that's going to be our next movie, so we'll... We'll see you then. We'll see you then for Puss in Boots animated movie you from. You said Puss in Boots again. No, I said Puss. I said Puss in Boots. Okay. I said Puss in Boots. Okay. Uh, you check the tape. I said Puss in Boots. <laughs> see, but it's hard to tell though, right? It is when you Puss go in real, Boots when you go really fast. Um, so uh, from the studio that did How to Train Your Dragon. That's right. Actually, yes. tie into this movie. So Puss in Boots. Uh, looking forward to that. We both like animated stuff, and we both like except pusses. when Disney poops in our eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Um, so we'll hope to see you back here for that, and we'll see if DreamWorks can do another uh, good animated film. That's right. All right. See you then.